0: Hi, and welcome back to No Pills, No Hunger. Welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I just got off the phone uh, with a client, and I thought I'd just do a quick podcast on this because I think it's a very common uh, question that type 2 diabetics have, and it's, what about blood sugar spikes? These are super alarming for people. I get it. Um, You know, you eat, and you see the numbers, like, jump up, and then you immediately think that, oh, what I just ate spiked it. And most often that is what happens, but really it's about what happens the four hours after. So, you know, you, you're told to kind of test before, test when you get up, test before meals, um, test throughout the day and to give you an idea. And typically you'll eat, they'll be lower Then you'll eat. And they should spike. And then they come down and over the four hours and then you eat again. Right. And so, you know, people are like, well, they're, they spiked, you know, to 180. Well, that actually puts you still in the normal range. Okay. Um, So my particular client, hers spiked up above that, they spiked up to about 210 after a meal, and she was convinced it was this oatmeal she'd eaten that I had recommended she eat. So of course, I was alarmed. Um, But when we really started talking about what actually she had eaten okay um she ate the oatmeal and she used some fresh fruit with it and so and used almond milk on it but then when we talked further about it she had also eaten two slices of bacon off of her husband's plate okay so but she didn't even think about I mean just didn't even think about and and so I questioned: was it the oatmeal or was it the bacon that um, actually caused the higher than normal spike. Okay. And so she's going to try it again. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm I'm optimistic that the oatmeal will raise it, but then it'll come down. Okay. And really it's, it's the, you don't want them to spike too high, but it's really about the coming down and trying to stay in this, this range. Right. And so typically before a meal, you might, and your doctor may give you different numbers. Okay. But you might be about an 80 or 130 milligrams per deciliter. However, I don't know how you're measuring. And then after, you know, you'll see it possibly jump up to um, like two hours after up to 180. And and so you want to see it maybe a little less than you know start coming back down. All right. Of course, anything over that um, is, is alarming. But then start really looking at what did you eat? What did you are you stressed out? Are, did you do any exercise? Um, I think I've done another podcast that exercise is one of the quickest ways to bring your blood sugars down. Even a a 15 minute walk can help bring them down. So um, keep that in mind there. um, You know, really just look at the whole meal. Okay. And we know, so people automatically decide they want to eliminate carbs, like the oatmeal when in fact, what oatmeal brings with it is all this fiber, and it's really a a slower release of the sugars into your um, blood. Now, maybe for you, that is one of your foods. But like I said, you really need to look, what did you eat possibly before that? And, um, or maybe even the meal before whatever it was that spiked you and how frequently are you eating? So it takes a while for the, the you know, the blood sugars to come down before they go back up. So did you eat maybe um, two hours before and they hadn't completely come down? And I'm not saying that you should do that. I just want you to get a bigger picture. Okay. And so, I mean, what we know about um, in the plant-based world about type two diabetes and insulin resistance is that the root cause to your diabetes is insulin resistance. Okay. And what's causing insulin resistance is the saturated fats. And so by eliminating the carbs, um, you're just addressing the blood sugars. You're not really going to the root cause. So you're eating the oatmeal, but yet you're also eating the bacon that's contributing to the root cause of insulin resistance. So you're not really addressing the true issue. I hope this makes sense. Um, so you, I think it's the oatmeal when it's like, well, you're not really giving your body a chance to get more insulin sensitivity, um, you know, and get better. And so it's like, you need to kind of focus on the saturated fats and and the insulin resistance issue. So, but with that said, the spikes are alarming. I get it. And, um, I want you to just pay attention to, are you eating fiber? Are you drinking water? Are you um, eating more vegetables? Are you eating less saturated fat on uh, overall to start seeing those numbers come down? And the spikes should lessen. You know, people are so impatient. They want it to happen right now. And I just got to say, it didn't take you... You didn't just develop diabetes overnight. It seems that way. It really does. It's like, well, I was just bebopping along and then I had diabetes. Well, no, it actually is a long time. You probably had pre-diabetes for a while and didn't do anything about it or weren't even told about it. This sometimes happens. And then bam, you're diabetic. And, you know, you've over the years, you pack on a little extra weight or maybe not. Maybe it's just like in my husband's case, he didn't have extra weight, and yet he still got diabetes. Um, but it was it was this t- over time accumulation. Okay, it was this over time, and and so he would be. We were eating healthy, what we thought was healthy, but there was still saturated fat in his diet, and so over time, it just created to the insulin resistance, which contribute then caused the diabetes. So when you address that root cause you're you're going to have better results so the spikes are alarming i get it Um, you know and just try to look at the big picture of you know carbs aren't the ones is aren't necessarily causing the spikes it seems that way and some foods might spike you Um, and then but really look and see try to be an investigator and look and see well was it really that or was it what maybe I had eaten before, or you know, are the numbers coming down? And so over time, what I see with my clients is initially sometimes they will kind of spike and be above the range they want to be, and they get alarmed. And it's like, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. And then pretty soon they just really even out, um, and they don't even think about eating carbs again because they're eating the complex carbs, they're eating the whole grains, they're eating the um, uh, legumes instead of the meat and cheese, and they're eating uh, fruit and vegetables in abundance. So they're never hungry, and they eat more frequently, actually, but they're never, their numbers don't spike like that anymore, okay? And that's, that's really why I developed the Reverse Diabetes Method program, and I work with these clients because, you know, if you just try it once, you get scared, and when they have me to help them say, okay, let's, let's keep trying it. Let's do this. What else did you eat? Oh, you had bacon. Let's try to cut that out. You know, let's put something in place of that. Um, you know, is having that coaching and mentoring that helps them overcome, um, you know, that fear and know that what they're doing is actually going to work because otherwise they quit too soon. They just quit too soon and they get scared. And I understand. And, you know, if I could tell you anything, it's like it's not an it's not a short game. All right, it's sort of a, a it's the long game, and um, you know, it's important to know that that yes, it's you can't just do one thing. It's an accumulation of things. It was an accumulation of things that got you into becoming a type two diabetic. Accumulation accumulation of eating habits that got you there, and so to get you out of that, it's going to be, you know, a a process as well. It's not just any one thing. I mean, you can read where it says, oh, try apple cider vinegar and it blunts the effect. And that is true. There are studies that show that. So you can use apple cider vinegar on stuff. And I would say, do that on your vegetables, do that. You know, why not? It's super easy. makes the food taste good, but it's not just that one thing. Okay. You got to be eating the vegetables. You can't just drink apple cider vinegar. You got to be eating the vegetables as well. You could drink it. And a lot of people do. Uh, My husband actually really likes it. And so uh, it's, but it's not that one thing that's going to allow you to eat the bacon and then do that on top of it. Okay. So I just want you to know that. Um, So blood sugar spikes are scary. And I can assure you that if you stick to a whole foods plant-based diet for the long haul, those will even out. Okay. And um, you could eat oatmeal again. I I hope that's, I hope that's going to happen for my client. because She really likes oatmeal, but she was just really frightened about it. So I hope this helps. And um, until next time, keep choosing plants. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in today. I know there's about a million ways you can spend your time. And I really do appreciate that you spent some time with me. Thank you. If you got something out of this episode and know someone who would also appreciate it, make sure to share it with them. We are all trying to get healthier in order to live well, and you can show them you care about their health by sharing these messages. Want to start improving your health today? One place I like to start with clients is breakfast, since morning habits are the easiest to build. That's why I created a guide called Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugars, which includes easy, delicious recipes for my favorite meals to start the day. Pick it up today for free at page.nutritionwithrobinrdn.com forward slash guide or click the link for three breakfasts to lower blood sugar in the show notes. Thanks again and see you in the next episode.